It's the Kia Summer Sticker Sales Event, so give your friends something to look at, like a B&B with an ocean view, an endless field of wildflowers, or a sunset that needs no filter. Make this a summer to share and save with a capable Kia SUV or powerful sedan. See your local Kia dealer or visit Kia.com to learn more. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-334-KIA for details. Always drive safely. Sale applies to purchase of specially tagged 2024 vehicles only. Quantities are limited. Must take delivery by 7824. Schmodown fans, this is the Schmodown Rundown, the official after show of the movie trivia Schmodown. I am Frank Janish. No soundboard today, no sound effects. We do not have Brad Gilmore here today. Nope, something came up. But today we do have the one, the only P to the L to the D, PLD. What's up, my man? Uh, not doing too badly, not doing too badly. Appreciate being on. I feel like I've become the professional pinch hitter for Brad Gilmore. <laughs> yeah, I think you are the the pinch hitter. You are the uh, our saving grace. You uh, help out a lot, and uh, and now in this regard as well, um, you know sometimes you know, Brad's a busy guy, and I get it. And sometimes he's unavailable for these things, and okay. Um, you know what this does though? It does elevate you to the role of eye candy of the show. Brad oh, kind of wow. has that hair thing, and else, but compared to me, you're definitely the eye candy. So you're saying I wasn't before? It was Brad the whole time? Uh, I don't know if I agree with you there. But... Well, they call him the boat for a reason. I don't know. Well, that's, I don't know. I think we need a whole other show to analyze why we need why he's called the boat, which I think if you're a longtime uh, Rundown fan or listener, uh, I think some people out there might remember how that came to be. I'm not going to put him on blast right now because he's not here to defend himself so that wouldn't be uh, uh justifiable i guess but look we have a great show tonight we're going to talk about adam collins and his match against peggy gubbins we'll also talk about today's match with barbarian and alonzo deralde mr christmas himself and then we're going to take a look to tomorrow's matches our friday preview of brendan meyer versus Jacoby Bancroft, never mind what you heard on Rundown 262, I think it was. Anyways, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Um, but then we're also going to preview the singles championship pay-per-view tomorrow night between Ethan Irwin and Marisol McKee. This is a huge, huge matchup. We'll get to that towards the end of the show. Uh, at the top of the show, or somewhere near the top of this show, we will be talking to Adam Collins and about his 2021 season and, you know, he won the tournament last year, PLD. Could he do it again? I'm curious uh, what he's going to say, but I want to hear what you, what you think about him in the tournament this year and what do you think of his prospects of advancing to the final and potentially winning the whole thing? Well, we, we did win, though. This is how he made his name last year, right? And this year, it's been a little bit of a stumble for him. He hasn't quite made the mark that he wanted to make. Um, now he has a chance to go back to his roots, get back to where he – the thing that made him in the tournament – I think he's ready. I think he's hungry. 
I think he sees his teammates' uh, successes so far. I think he's, he's supporting that, but at the same time, he wants to get his own little piece of the pie as well. I think he's got a good shot at repeating. I mean, he seems like he's ready to go now. Yeah, I mean, you can never underestimate a singles champion, a former singles champion, a tournament champion who was in a field this size a year ago. So it's not like this is something brand new for him. Uh, we're going to talk to him here in a little bit. Before we bring him in, though, just to remind everybody, we do have that live event going down in Brooklyn, October the 9th. The undercard is a round two singles tournament matchup between Griffin Newman and Josh Horowitz, two rookies who've bursted on the scene and have just played dynamite killer stuff from both of them. They're the undercard for the main event, which is going to be, we now know Chance Ellison, who won his number one contender match against JTE. He will be going for the singles belt for the very first time against either Ethan Irwin or Marisol McKee. We don't know who as of today, but we will as of tomorrow night. PLD, are you going to be able to make it for that New York show? I make every New York show. No. So be there okay. front and center at that point. You I'm so excited. Yeah, I mean, that's going to be the first live event that we have uh, in Brooklyn at the Roulette um, where we had our first um, live show outside of L.A. was right. was at that theater. And, uh, you know, i got to be honest, uh, PLD, um, I'm, I'm a little suspect for making it out there that weekend. You know, I do have this other job that kind of prevents me from time to time. I'm trying to work it out. I'm trying to work priorities, it out because I want to be out there. I, trust me, I, I'm half of me wants to just quit the other job, but I, I don't think that. that's responsible because <laughs> uh, you know one does have to pay bills. And uh, look, I don't know if you know this, but um, LA ain't cheap, so <laughs> I, I, need, I, I need all those that. revenue streams. I need all those <laughs> revenue streams. Um, uh, all right, so. He's been sitting backstage, Adam Collins, and uh, I want to show uh, or remind people just how that match ended between Adam Collins and Peggy Gubbins. Here we go. What famous 1970s family film co-stars such actors as Peter Ostrom, Roy Kinnear, Julie Don Cole, and Leonard Stone? take a shot if I get it wrong. Good luck in the next round. And Collins, I'll say Parent Trap. And your winner by way of TKO Adam, the Coyote Collins. All right, there it is, PLD. Um, but let's bring it. Let's bring in the main man here, Mr. Adam the Coyote Collins. What's going on, Adam? How you doing, man? Man. Hey, just trying to get myself framed properly. Appreciate here. it. We look like the display photo and a Walmart picture frame there for a second. <laughs> yeah, thank you. That's a high high honors, I think. Yeah, uh, yeah, high no, compliment. Right. Yeah, got a couple hundred bucks, of, uh, you know, a couple hundred bucks for that. So there's that, there's more for your revenue there, Frank. <laughs> so how's it how's it going, man? How you how you been? I mean, it's kind of been a rough start to your year, uh, but now you're in the singles tournament and yeah. you picked up a big W via TKO over Peggy. Uh, does that is that starting to uh, heal those wounds from earlier? Um, I'd like to think this is the year of, uh, I call this the year of calluses uh, mm. for me. Um, you know, I'm really building up my scar tissue. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, it started with uh, a loss to Dan that, frankly, uh, that's the, one of the matches I'm proudest of this year. Um, you know, I felt like it was competitive to the last question. And then it's been a mixed bag since then. And it's really been a year for me to, you know, do some soul searching about why I play this game. Uh, realize that I don't always need to play. Uh, I 
you know, if I'm winning, you know, it's about keeping, keeping up that momentum when you do lose. And, you know, the, the loss to JTE is the only game that I feel like I played poorly this year. The other matches I played in, I feel like were quite competitive. Mm-hmm. And um, this match against Peggy, you know, she put up a fight, but I, I've been working a lot to dial myself back in uh, because I want to deliver a good competitive performance for people tuning in to the showdown. Yeah, when you, when you talk about putting up a good performance, we've seen as of late in these tournament matches, you know, the question difficulty appears to have gone to another level, especially when you look at these first rounds. Um, the past couple of matches, whether it was in that kind of the number one contender mini gauntlet thing, if you will, between Chance and JTE mm-hmm. and um, who else was in it? <laughs> I can't remember. It's so Snyder. many people. Snyder. Snyder, Snyder yes. May he rest in um, retirement. Yes. Um, we, we saw like first round scores of like five and six points. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, when you see scores like that from players like that, does that give you any concern when heading into these matches now? Yeah, you got to be on your guard. Um, you know, you got to know what to anticipate. But um, as soon as we start thinking there's a pattern to round one, two, or three, uh, that's when it's so easy to subvert our expectations. So I think it's important to look at the scope of the game and be aware of the past uh, and the trajectory of the questions season to season. Um, uh, because the questions have been so, uh, you know, the, the difficulty has ramped up a bit. Um you know, uh, I haven't had as many perfect rounds this season. I was happy to get one this one, uh, this right. match, you know, the nine out of nine. Um, but, you know, I was on the fence about a couple of my answers. I'm glad I got them right. Um, but it was, they were tricky. And the bonus question, thankfully, was right in my wheelhouse. That's why I knew it as quickly as I did. Um, just because <laughs> yeah. I, I like, Explain that. <laughs> I love Gene Wilder and sure. um, uh, uh, he and his and Pryor's films were some of the first comedies I'd seen. Um, so um, I latched onto that statistic a long time ago. So mm. felt serendipitous for it to come up. Yeah, it felt definitely like a guessable, you know, answer. You could throw out a number there. Um, but man, yeah, you knew it um, right off the bat, which is, I thought was pretty impressive. People seem, to forget the, uh, people seem to forget the another you. That's the one they kind of usually lose track of. And that's uh, yeah, it's a mistaken identity movie similar to like Dave and yep. a couple other things. Yeah, so, I mean, coming into this this match with Peggy Gubbins, there is the expectation, I think, that comes with your status in the league now that you should be winning these types of matches. Um, you know, we talked about it with, with Marisol in terms of people are expecting you to beat Kevin Smith. People are expecting you to beat Janine or you know, Drew. They expect you to go to do these things. How do you handle the expectations of being a former champion in this league, knowing that a first round exit happened to a former champion. Oh, last year by your, by your doing, you know, I mean, what's it like to have, to work with those expectations and then to actually deliver those expectations to, to the, to the fandom at large. It's a lot, you know, it's, it, you have to compartmentalize, but it's easier said than done. And for me, last season was unexpected to a lot of people, but most of all to me, Uh, I, knew I, I was good at movie trivia, um, but then I just got in this rhythm and, uh, and it became one of the best experiences of my life. And I'm very proud of it, but that's last year. And this year is about starting fresh. And it has been a year of humility. And, um, but again, I stand even by losses because quite frankly, 
Um, I do feel like not just me, but certain players are held to a higher standard and sure. that's okay. Um, you know, we don't play this to be treated with kids, kid gloves, but at the same time, when you look at the statistics, it can be frustrating when you know you put in the work and, you know, the matches you have lost have been a matter of one or two questions. And then you see other matches where players who are held to a high standard as well, miss three, four, five, maybe six questions, not, not poured over as much in my opinion. So I take it as a compliment that people want to analyze things I miss, but at the same time, it can be frustrating because, you know, I'm a, I'm a human being, you know, I'm mortal in this game, like everybody, and I'm very proud of what I know, but I'm always learning. And so it can be tough at times when you put in this amount of work, feeling like one question that you missed is completely overanalyzed or one statistic, like five pointers. Nobody talks about how in my past two losses, I knew the five pointer like that. Yeah. No one, no one cares. They only want to talk about the ones I missed. So <laughs> there you go. yeah, <laughs> you got to kick you when you're down. But, uh, <laughs> well, that's the thing you, you say now that you have out of your humility. Does that help now that you're, you've lost a few times. Does that help reset you for this tournament? Are you ready? Like, does that make it yeah. easier to go back into? Oh, it absolutely did. And um, the thing is, um, I think other competitors may have underestimated Peggy because they don't know Peggy, but Peggy and I come from the same roots. We're friends. Um, I'm very, very excited for her. Very, very proud of her for breaking into the Schmodown the way she did. Um, she's got a great story. She's got great knowledge and she's just a wonderful person. Um, so getting the chance to play her was really exciting. Um, and we wanted to bring the heat to each other, but we genuinely just don't dislike each other. So it can be kind of tough, but at the yeah. same time, um, you know, that's why I wanted to, you know, this is the big leagues and I feel like we played a big league match against each other. Um, and we'll get into other parts of the match later on, but that's, that that's why I wanted to treat her with respect, treat her like a professional competitor because that's what she is. And um, that's why I was prepared the way I was. And that's frankly why I think I had my best game I've had all season since at least the blackjack match. Yeah. And when you talk about Peggy, you know, she, she's a student of the game. I mean, she, she found mm -hmm. it a little bit later than, than, than some other competitors, if you will, you know, when she talks about her story of the free for all, and then she just, totally dove into it but she does play the game uh like she's been playing it for years and mm -hmm. you can see that in in her round two you know checking the multiple choice trying not to give you anything and you know unfortunately for her one did slip by and you picked up that point um when 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 you you know have your second round and it's harrison ford you know is it more likely i'm, I'm curious on you on, on your thought process if it's an actor is it like, you know what, this narrows it down to their filmography? Or is there pause because maybe I don't know this this actor's filmography as much. However, they don't necessarily just straight up ask you everything about Harrison Ford. What's, you know, how do you figure mm -hmm. out what's going on in that category and how it could work for you? It has to do with, you know, the particular person you're being asked about. So whether it's a director or a performer, um, it entirely depends on that filmography. Um, in that particular game, spinning Harrison Ford, you know, um, it's public knowledge that, you know, we spun that in a team's match last year against uh, Lethal Weapons. We went lights out with it. Um, I, I am a fan of Harrison Ford. 
I'm not afraid to admit that. I like the, I like the dude's work. Bold uh, statement, Adam. I know. <laughs> controversial. You yeah. Wow. Oh, boy, uh, you're you like know. one of the few. Jeez. Firewall's a masterpiece. No, I'm not. Oh, okay. I'm not that All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> um, but seriously, like, when I landed on that slice, I'm like, look, he didn't do me wrong the last time. I got a couple things on there that I know I'm going to go perfect in. But let's trust in Harrison. Let's give it a shot because yeah. Yeah, I just – I, I like the dude's movies and it paid off. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you only checked on the multiple choice once. You haven't missed a question between the first and second round, so it's a hundred percent accurate game. Uh, just missing on that one point. Um, at that, you know, at the end of the second round, after you know Peggy really um, tries her best there, and it was a great effort. You know, you're still up. You're up seven points. You're up seven points, seventeen to ten. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty big gap. I know the whole, you ask competitors and it's like, do you ever get relaxed? I mean, with seven points, I mean, sure, anything can happen. But like, how how can it not seep into your brain of like, you know what? At the very least, I have to answer a two or three. There's no way I'm getting to my five. Does that ever creep into your mind? Just being, you know, and I don't think it's, I'm not, I'm not trying to be, um, disrespectful towards Peggy, but just seven points is a big gap. And even if you hit all of them, I mean, you're not going to go to the five. Is it okay to have like a mindset of, I pl- I've played really well. There's no way I should lose this match. Uh, you, you, round three, as I've learned, is the most dangerous round in the showdown. People say it's one, so people say it's two. And yeah, they can make the difference sometimes. But you got a three-point and a five-point question in round three. And they carry the weight of the world in this game. You can play for three rounds or for five rounds in any division, and none of it matters if you miss those two questions. It doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. That's true. So um, I I never count anybody out in that situation. I mean, look at the blackjack match. We were hoping for a KO and then just a TKO, and they would not <laughs> die. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. That's a good point. It's a good point. Um, uh, so, like, you can't take anything for granted. But I was hopeful. Um, yeah. But uh, again, I don't under- underestimate Peggy, and uh, that is why, frankly, I threw down the challenge. Yeah, because I do want to get into that because you know, reciting you know the Drew McWeeny, um instance, and I understand when you guys are taping that match, you don't have the benefit of instant replay to go back. I saw PJ comment in the Facebook group and, and, you know, he couldn't go back and figure out what he said or when he said it. And, and that can be tough because us at home, you know, watching it, there's, it's easier to pay attention. I think as a fan to like kind of everything that's going on, but when you're in it, there's so many different things going on. You're thinking about a different thing. So things can escape you in real time at whether you're calling the match, participating in the match, Mm -hmm. you're a manager, what have you. Um, So I do, I do have sympathy for, for that position. Um, I will say um, I disagreed with the, with the initial call as well as the ruling. Um, Because when I watched in real time, I felt like, that was that the time that lapsed in terms of giving the correct answer was much longer than what Drew McWeeny did. I understand Mark Ellis's um, call. I understand it. I will respectfully disagree with that being the way to go. Um, you know, what's it like if you can just remove Peggy from the situation? We understand, mm-hmm. you know, how, how, how much you respect Peggy. When you just isolate that as here's a situation on paper. You know, how 
is it aggravating? Is it upsetting? Is What does it do emotionally to you as a player when you feel like, I think they got this wrong, and I still have to live with this? Look, I, um, I've used challenges pretty shrewdly since I played in the Schmodown. There have been, and I won't get into details backstage, but uh, I've, I've had a couple challenges that didn't end up in the final match because, you know, just caught little things here and there mm-hmm. and we were able to work it out and, and fix it behind the scenes. But like on-air challenges within gameplay, those are things that I think when they're used right, they're intended to improve the game. Yeah. And uh, when I watched Barbarian and McQueenie's match, I felt for Drew when he had that initial wrong answer. I really did. And because you know he knows it. We yeah. all know he knows it. But frankly, after seeing that match, I was like, well, I, if I were in that situation, I would have wanted to challenge that. So when it plays out in my own match, I'm thinking to myself, well, the ruling's the ruling, but I at least got to say something about this because Peggy knew the correct answer. Yeah. She's got ahead of herself. But, you know, I've gotten ahead of myself and answered the wrong thing in round one, round three. Uh, last year when I played Brendan, uh, I wouldn't have gone to sudden death if I had just taken my time with the three-pointer because the question was about the intern. They described the plot of the intern. And mm-hmm. they talked about De Niro being in his 70s. And I got excited and I blurted out, dirty grandpa right and i realized i was wrong and they they ruled it incorrectly as they should have and and you know um that was a tough lesson (laughs) um (laughs) and uh you know so i just it it wasn't about peggy it wasn't about making it personal i tried to be as respectful as i could be it wasn't about going after mark or pj either yeah it was just situationally i felt it was obvious that the wrong answer was stated and I feel like a little too much time was given, but the situation was very specific. I don't, I think all of the mistakes were innocent. And I also think Peggy knew the right answer. Yeah. So her ultimately getting the two points doesn't bug me. Even if they'd given her a new question, she most likely would have gotten it right. It's a two pointer. Right. Um, but I didn't, again, I wanted to, this is a professional match. Every point counts. Um, and if, if she had uh, gotten that and her three and her five, and then I've been forced to answer questions. The TKO could have been taken away. The entire match maybe could have gone a different way. Yeah. Every point matters. So that's that was my angle. I wasn't trying to slap anyone on the wrist. I just, I, right. I knew if I'd been in barbarian situation, I would have wanted to challenge. And that's why I challenged. Yeah, and I think this is a, I am sympathetic to the situation because this is a digital match. This is, you know, done over the internet where yeah. there can be lag and sometimes when you're also in the moment what seems like 30 which would in actuality is like 30 seconds just as, as an example can feel like 10 seconds in, in certain situations and i don't know if that was the case for mark um but i am sympathetic to the fact that you know when you're right there in the moment it can fe- it can it can operate differently for you as to, as opposed to an outside viewer and so uh, I also suspect, and I hope, and I think this will be true, once we get back to filming all studio matches, I feel like, you know, we're, we'll be more on top of these things in terms of timing and whatnot, because you can honestly and more accurately, you know, measure that out because you're right there in the same room. Um, but that being said, though, like I said, you know, from the top, I, I disagreed with it. I didn't, like, it sucks because, yeah, I like Peggy as a player and as a person, but at the same time, as you as you stated, you know, this professional match and we treat it as such. And 
that was the thing to do. And, you know, even Shannon, I think, it was interesting to watch Shannon in this situation because I think if it was anybody else, let's say, if she was any other player represented by Roxy, <laughs> you know, I think there's more of a, a theatrical element to this, if you will. Um, but that wasn't the case here, and I think it was just, look, <laughs> we hate being in these situations. It's unfortunate, but we're going to try and work through them the best we can. And... Um, we won't have to deal with this too much longer, uh, at least on the singles aspect, when we get into next year. PLD, what do you think of this uh, situation here? This is an interesting situation. I actually, I'll be, I can give it up. I was behind the scenes for this one, so I got to mm-hmm. watch it in real time. And I uh, went down, and it is is really hard. I was actually backstage for both matches, both of these matches now. So when I saw that go down, it is so hard to tell in real time what that is. So without the instant replay, it's really hard to gauge that, 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 that how long you have before the question is answered um, the way I looked at it and the way I thought, I agreed with the challenge, making the challenge, absolutely, but I also actually agreed with the group itself. Because I felt that she stopped herself before anything was said. PJ didn't say incorrect until after she'd already started going. And like you could tell she was already starting to chat to, to change her answer. So to me, I think that's more important is getting it right. Um, so I do feel that the right call was made. I feel like we have to give ourselves a little bit of flexibility with the judges at this point, because each judge is going to interpret things a little bit differently. They're going to feel things a little bit differently. You can't make a set standard for every judge, every every match. It's going to have its own little kinks and everything else. So overall, I agreed with it. I agreed with the, the, the ruling, but I think, Adam, you, you hadn't challenged it. You would have been great. to make that challenge. Yeah. I mean, it's it's tough to be John Madden and the referee at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And, and I yeah. feel for them in that situation. Yeah. And I that's why I didn't make it about me versus – the announcers. I just, I just wanted to state the situation for what it was. Go on the record, and that's what I did. I wasn't looking to start a court case over it. You know right, I mean? right. I think there, there is a PLD mentioned it um, where you said nothing was said to give away the correct answer. Peggy was still, you know, going was in the process of about to give that right answer of correction of herself, and you know, to that I, I will counter with, you know. It's more about the amount of time between correction, and and it, it's irregardless in this case. I think uh, of if anything was said to give away the right answer, uh, that that should not matter. It's about the rule is about the length of time between correction, um, and if if the the commentator whoever's at the desk happens to slip up and give the right answer, um, then that's a whole different situation. But what mm-hmm. I felt happened here was more about. Uh, the the amount of time between giving the wrong answer and the the right answer, what Peggy did, not about um, did PJ say anything to give away the right answer that would give that would tip her off as to what the right answer is. I said, I guess my other question, my other question, my other you know, question about the situation would be then what uh, regards a, a changing of the mind because almost immediately I felt like her face turned like. I looked at it as if like she was almost correcting herself without being audible about it. She kind of was like, a, it was like a yeah. fatal attraction. Ooh, and like she kind of like didn't say anything yeah. right away, but she was already starting the correction. So in terms of like, where does that that time, where do you stop that clock? And I'm not sure what that answer is for that. Yeah, and I think that's when you lean on the the duration between correction. Right. And one was the incorrect answer. Um, and I think you know, in you know, to be and to let everyone else out there, you know. Uh, the rules committee will be meeting again fairly soon, um, and so we'll, we'll be. I mean, we, we said at the beginning of the year too that this is like a living document, and that there will be adjustments made, and, and that will be the case. I think from here on out, in terms of um, 
trying to always tweak it and try and do better for the game. Um, Tim right. Sim with the four ninety nine super chat. Sorry, I don't have the Booker T soundbite, Tim. But super chat. <laughs> Uh, pretty good, yeah, pretty good there. Uh, Tim Sim says, unfortunate that some of the community wants this game judge word for word, especially if they thought it took more than one second on digital. What I'll say about the word for word thing is while I am at, at, at this point more lenient in terms of, you know, titles where it's the Muppet in Space, Muppets from Space, or what have you, the, the um, what was the other one last week um was elder title um, oh um it was another muppets movie wasn't it well are you talking about the uh young white uh, match i think that's what it was yeah yeah yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um you know what and this might be a, this is a pretty hard stance i guess for some but when it comes to movie titles i think i'm becoming more in favor of just give oh yeah ray of the last dragon ray of the dragon that, that was, was the, the other one, one. yeah that's another one yeah um, and they and the rulings went differently yeah and so i think and i'm becoming i'm coming around to this line of thinking at least for movie titles you may not like it but i think the way to go is just you have to give the exact title now i think you just have to give the exact title this way we're not having different rulings for different matches different situations you know we're not conflicting with a previous ruling i think the only way to curb that kind of thing is Look, give the right answer or the, the the exact title. Give the exact title, and just for title, just for movie titles, and because I don't know, if there's any other way to rule this in a consistent way other than did you give the exact title? If you did, it's correct. If you didn't, I'm sorry. Even if you left out a word, that sucks. That sucks. I understand that, but. I'm I'm I've been coming around to this notion that I think you just have to give the exact title and that's that. I don't know what you guys think. I do think that um, I, I think there should be some leniency with leaving out an article if it's at the beginning of a title. Yeah, I mean there's certain uh, because ex- it doesn't extent, it doesn't yeah. change the meaning of the title in most situations. However, adding an article to a title I think can be a slippery slope. I heard that. Um, uh, so real I quick. know that's a I know that's a fine line. Yeah, like real quick, like if the answer we're looking for is uh, the social network. Like that's the title, right? The social network. But if you just said social network, I would, I would still give it to you. I would still give it to you. Yeah. Right. Um, but if you said social networks, well, I'm not going to give it to you. No. Yeah. Right. I agree with that. You know, so like there is, or if you wrote a social another. network, I think at that point you're wrong. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, and the changing of the word is different. Another yeah. about that would be something like the Godfather two versus the Godfather part two as well right yeah and that's where you gotta be leading against i think in that case as well like i would accept yeah. godfather 2 rather than godfather part 2 yeah I'm, I'm i'm fine with either of those because it's it's like there is there is being overly pedantic <laughs> about some of this stuff yeah. and i don't think we need to go that far but you know so in case of like ray of the last dragon ray and the well, last that dragon was weird to me because that one to me changed the whole meaning of the title which there not sure. Raya the and, Last Dragon, and then Raya and the Last Dragon makes it a totally different kind of and see, statement and, there. And that's the kind of conversation I just want to get away from. Does it change this? Does it change that? I All I want to get down to is, is that the title? That's all, I, that's all I want to care about now because I've seen this, you know, a handful of times, and it sucks. Um, but I go, what's the what's the name of the movie? Is it Raya and the Last Dragon or Raya the Last Dragon? It's Raya and the Last Dragon. I understand it's an, another article and, and it's it's not there. 
But it's like in, it's in the middle of the title. It doesn't start the movie or the movie title, right? So I feel like it, it's got to be, you know, Ray and the Last Dragon is the right answer. And, you know, that's that's where I'm coming around to at, at this at this stage. I agree. I agree with that. I, yeah. I, I agree. It, it gets dicey with certain titles, but um, I think... I, I think, you know, the game continues to grow and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, stretch itself around these situations the best it can. And um, I think we got to take it game to game. And even though the rulings went differently in those two questions, uh, Beauty Shop and Ryan the Last Dragon, I, I think challenging in both situations is appropriate, regardless yes. of the way it goes. And, and ultimately, the challenge in my match wasn't so much about the outcome. I'm fine with the outcome. It was just about going on the record and saying, hey, I don't think I should take this one lying down. That's all. And uh, we moved on from it. All right. We got another super chat here from Tim Sim. Super chat. That, there you go. Good. There that you go. That's pretty good. Um, I meant that some don't like how they were not strict enough on um, the one second rule and that Peggy took more than one second. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Okay. I see what you're saying there, Tim. Uh, and we got it. Like, I got one major question for you. Mm-hmm. Um, I know how you're, I know how it's going to go though. Um, because tomorrow <laughs> night, tomorrow night, I know, I know you're gonna be tuning in. Uh, Marisol McKee is gonna try and become a singles champion tomorrow night when she faces Ethan Irwin, and I'm curious about your thoughts about leading up to the match. You know, where where was your mind at in terms of how do we prepare for Ethan Irwin? Well, you know. Um... Obviously, trade secrets are trade secrets, but sure. at the same time... Um, this is a safe space, Adam. You can, you can just... You know, <laughs> well, the, only... thing, the, thing, the thing that Marisol has been through this season that everyone has seen is every opponent she's faced has uh, brought their A-game. Even Kevin Smith, who flubbed the first round, woke yeah. up in the second round and really fought till the end. She didn't get any laydowns in these matches. Like, Video Drew and Janine played two of their best games all season. Brutal, yeah. Vinny... Vinny did, did not go quietly into the night. People nope. forget how good Vinny is. And then, and yeah, and then Kevin, Kevin was pretty spicy. Um, so Marisol's <laughs> had to earn these, these victories over and over and over again. So she's been fighting hard already. And the, and the thing with Ethan is she's technically played him twice in teams. Right. So it's not unfamiliar territory. Um, there's not this, I, in my opinion, I, I think some like, you take Ethan is as intimidating as they come. If I play Ethan, I'm on high alert. <laughs> uh, that is that is a that is a fight to the death. But at the same time, he is uh, someone who is ultimately beatable as long as you just stick to your game. And I I think that you know, given her track record this season and how she's performed in both divisions she's played in. I think Marisol is has earned her place as the number one contender. Um, I wouldn't want to play her right now, one on one myself. Uh, at least if my, at least if it wasn't a scrimmage, that is, I wouldn't want my ty- my my tournament shot to be on the line against her. Um, but I'm just so excited to see this match and um, and Ethan. Uh, yeah, he's on a warpath this season. So I just. The, the best thing about it is no matter what happens, everyone wins. Cause this is a new blood match in a lot of ways. Um, yeah. Plus, 
you know, we got we got some we got consonants in in both names. We got Ethan Irwin, Marisol McKee. I like that. I like the double letter <laughs> yeah. situation. There um, you go. <laughs> but uh, yeah, uh, I'm just excited to see this. Uh, if you guys are in the chat watching right now, there is a poll up there asking, you know, do you think Marisol McKee is going to make history tonight? Go ahead and vote in that poll. I want to see what it looks like by the end of the show, and we'll um, put out. We'll talk about those results, you know, especially for the audio listener. The audio listener doesn't know what the poll is currently doing right now. And I don't want to tell them yet, PLD, until the end of the show. So if you're in the live chat, oh, uh, go ahead and and vote on it. Uh, who do you do you think Marisol is going to do, or do you think Ethan Irwin? The guy's too hot right now. He's too good, unbeatable. I want to know, uh, and hopefully we'll see what happens with this poll. Uh, we do have another super chat from Marisol. Uh, super chat. All right. How about that Coyote Howell? Also hard to overlook. Collins making hungry, hungry hippos look cool again. Yeah. In your promo, you had hungry, hungry hippos there. Uh, you got Jen at the end of there howling. You guys are howling up a storm. It's just, you know, it's very, uh, a lot of animal stuff going on. <laughs> well, you know, and 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 much respect uh, to my team partner there. Thank you. Um, uh, but honestly, um, I, I don't want to get into many details, but the day I played JT, long story short, not a good day. And yeah. um, no excuses. The loss is a loss. Not a good day. My, uh, I was already having, I was just in a good headspace going into that Peggy match. Um, I knew I was ready to be competitive, but to also return to embracing why I love this game as much as I do. And I think, um, I think I approached a, not all, but a few of my matches this season too seriously. And uh, I, I, I will always take the game a thousand percent seriously, but at the same time, I, I did have more fun in this match than I've had in a while. And I think that's why I did as well as I did. Uh, so I, I want to find, continue to find that balance. It's not about coming out with pom poms and, and cheering, uh, but it, it's about coming out and enjoying what you're engaging with and what you're talking about. And uh, yeah, the, that game, the, the answers were really coming to me. Um, Peely, I don't know if you got a last question, but I do have one more for you, Adam, before we get you out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, how confident are you that corruption is going to reap it? You guys aren't that far ahead, out of the, out of the lead right now. You guys are in third. I think you guys have what fifty five points. Uh, Dungeon has sixty two, and right behind, right ahead of you is with the merch with fifty six. I believe is uh, the tally mm-hmm. right now. So I mean, you guys were fairly. You guys were pretty low in the rankings, and then you got intergeekdom title match wins, and you got some. Uh, Tournament wins coming up here, you know, and team wins and whatnot, you know, um, inner geekdom stuff. Like, you guys are really, really close. Do you guys think you're gonna you're gonna pull it off? And how important is this singles tournament to that goal? I think it's a very important aspect. Um, we have a lot of opportunities ahead of us. Marisol has an opportunity tomorrow. Chance has an opportunity in Brooklyn. Yeah. Mike is up for a defense. So that's three guaranteed title matches, regardless of what happens. That's a lot of chances to earn points. Um, uh, James and I have both advanced to round two. So we both have a chance to bring home three more points. If we get really fortunate, maybe four, one of us, you know, um, I, you know, like it'd be tough to knock out anyone in round two of a tournament like this, but it's not technically impossible. I did it last year. (laughs) Yeah. So <laughs> I would love to get I would love to get four points again, um, but uh, I don't expect it to happen. 
in any case, we have, we're in a position to rack up a lot of points. Um, plus de- deceptions going into this team's tournament. Um, we have a lot to prove. We're back to square one as far as we're concerned. We're, we're a rookie team. And yeah, we might be considered a very good team, but we know what our record is. And as far as we're concerned, we're starting from square one. So um, it would be great to go on a run in the team's tournament and finally uh, build up our record and, uh, in my opinion, have it reflect what I think we're really capable of. But this is a this is a tournament of humility in teams. This is deceptions, you know. This is deceptions last stand for the year. So we're going to be bringing it. You can bet. Um, and I, I I do think it's more than possible for us to close the deal. But we we got the most competitive matches of anybody ahead of us. All right. Well, that is. Adam the Coyote Collins, he advances over Peggy Gubbins into the second round going into the team's tournament. Adam, I want to thank you for hopping on here with us and, and talking with us, and uh, good Pleasure. luck the rest of the way. Thanks, guys. I'll be seeing you. All right, that is Adam Collins, and look, I mean, singles champ, he's got a lot. He's right, Corruption has a lot of opportunities coming up, yeah. especially with title match opportunities. Uh, it's really Put a lot of points on the board and make the mercs, make you know the dungeon, make usual suspects all sweat. The Finsock Exchange all sweat it out. And could corruption repeat as faction champions? It would be a hell of a feat because there's a lot of a lot of mix up, uh, some big shakeups obviously with Dan Merle and Ben Bateman leaving the exchange and, and then what the exchange did this year and. They could do it, man. It's crazy. What do you think their chances are, PLD? I honestly think their chances are very good at the moment. I never would have said this a little a couple months ago, but like you said, I mean, if Marisol happens to close the deal tonight, that means you got a guaranteed title in New Yorker right between one of them. Then you get the tournament going. That could be another guaranteed John Spectacular, depending on how that goes. At yeah. least that way. If Mar- so it all hinges on tomorrow. If Marisol can close the deal tomorrow, the sky's the limit for corruption, and I'd be worried if I was any other, any other bench on Absolutely, man. It's going to be a hell of a run. I mean, if if Marisol wins tomorrow night, man, it's on. Because it then they on. have guaranteed points. <laughs> then they have guaranteed points in Brooklyn between yeah. Chance and Marisol if she wins, right? And then, like, look, I feel pretty confident about Mike over Amaru. Sorry. Sorry to all those Amaru fans out there. But, man, Mike's on another level. He is a vet. He's one of the greatest players of all time. Amaru is just getting his feet wet. He's good. Don't, don't get it twisted. I, I think he's really good. But Mike, on another level, he's got that swagger. That win over Chandra, I think, did immense wonders for his confidence yes. in terms of the future of the 100%. division and where he stands because all this new blood was coming in. It's like, you know, he's he's one of the old guard, really, you know, um, that's left. I mean, Mara sure came back this year, and she had a, had a, had a small stint, you know, with her, with her matches. But outside of him and Mara, you know, there's really, you know, they're like the old guard there. I know Parker's kind of like on the fringe of that, but not really. So right. everybody else is really pretty fresh to this division, and Mike still reigns supreme. All right, uh, let's Look, get to I, this I'll barbarian. Real, yeah, I, I will just say real quick, I've been one who's always rooted against Mike. You know that. Always rooted <laughs> yeah. against Mike, and I always am disappointed. I've done, I'm done rooting against with this boy because every time I pick against him, he wins anyway. So you I, know what? I haven't agreed there. You know, I'm not done rooting against Mike Hill. He makes it too fun. He makes it too fun to root against him. And so he only has himself to blame when I root against him. That's all I got to say. All right, Mike? I don't know if he's listening to this or not. Probably not. But, look, you make it too fun to root against you, and I thank you for that. 
That's true. And I thank you. All right, <laughs> let's let's get into this um, Barbarian Geraldi match, and here's here's how it wrapped up. In which film does Robert Downey Jr.'s character have a dream about his wife giving birth and a grizzly bear chewing through the umbilical cord? All I can come up with is fur. And your winner, ladies and gentlemen, the Barbarian! Look, it was a, it was a great match. Um, very tight in that first round, very tight in the second round, but Barbarian ultimately um, succeeds here and will advance to the second round where he will play Paul Oyama, former singles champion, and uh, he's been lights out this year in his in his play. Obviously, things aren't in the past. This, earlier in the season, haven't really gone his way in terms of team play. But right. you know, free for all, his singles matches. Um, every time he's been out there, he's he, he has played incredible. Um, so this is a matchup I'm looking forward to. But before we even talk more about that, let's talk about this first round. You know, um, Barbarian he gets seven points. Duralde with six. Um, tight match, you know, and Alonzo Duralde misses a couple early on, and you go, ooh, I don't know if, if you know, this question question difficulty is really coming into play here, but he writes the ship, hits his last four of that first round just to keep it a one-point game. Going into that second round, uh, Barbarian, you know, he gets wrestlers in film, he misses a question there, um, and it's an opportunity for Duralde, but he can't capitalize, and Barbarian checks down the multiple choice a couple times there for a total of um, four points, half of what is available in the round. So at that point, PLD, I was I was a little worried because if Alonzo Duralde gets a very favorable slice, we could be looking at a whole new game. Uh, what's your thoughts after Barbarian's first two rounds? I, I was actually in the same boat as you after, because uh, Barbarian felt like, I know Barbarian's a wrestling fan, so I felt the wrestlers in film was yeah. a good slice for him, but he definitely struggled more than I thought he would. Uh, down a few times he missed luckily for him Duralde couldn't get that steal um but yeah. back on Duralde's side now uh, I'm interested to see where he's at he's always been one of those old school guys I don't believe he's one who's going to be studying a whole lot and it's definitely been a new game since he's been really you know towing the boards there with Matt Hatch and everything else so I don't know if he, he's ready for that kind of that kind of level yet but to see what he does with Riley in the, in the uh, team tournament but it's particularly in this match I felt like Duralde had it in his hands a few times but he kind of let it slip yeah, you know, Alonzo Duralde, there's a crazy stat out there, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but when you look at his team's play in the second round, I don't think he's missed. He's been part of a team that has missed a second-round question in, like, 10 matches, something ridiculous yeah. like that. And the question is, well, he's only played one singles match up to the, prior to this match, and it's like, right. well, how's he going to do on his own? And he did okay. He got five points. He went three of four for five points, multiple choice once. He gave up a big two-point steal to Barbarian that really yeah. kind of um, really gave Barbarian that edge there. You know, at the end of the first round, it's thirteen to eleven, a two-point game. It's not insurmountable by any means. He's still in the thick of it, but once you get to that final round and you miss your two, yes, that's that big mess. That's alarming, right? That yeah. that's what you don't want to see. Um, but then he rebounds, hit the three, uh, Barbarian hits his two, and then Alonzo Duralde ultimately cannot hit that five-pointer, as we saw in the clip before this. Um, Alonzo Duralde is someone who has immense knowledge. There are players like him. You know, he, he's kind of, he kind of does remind me of 
a Drew McQueenie type, you know? 100%. And he could be an absolute beast for a teammate. I think he will... Prior to the season or in the offseason, I think he was looked at in terms of would he be a viable team partner? Um, He's not you know, horrible with the singles division. He wouldn't be horrible with the singles division because he of his immense knowledge. Right. But he is very, in a way, fresh to the game in terms of whether or not he has strategy or not. And I and, and look, I know there's a lot. He has Alonzo Durrell has a lot of resources with whether it's Ben Goddard or Rachel Silvestrini or Peggy Gubbins, like Russell. to go in and and you know, shore up you know strategy and plan things out. Um, but you know, I. I it, it's hard to you can learn about it and practice it, but you got to be in the match time situation where you can't lean on those people. Be like, hey, here's what you should do, or remember this. And I don't really think it was really a case of that was the case. Maybe I guess you could say with that first question, but um, you know, you checked the multiple choice on that last question, so you're like, yeah, he, yeah. he knows what he needs to do. But it's these little small mistakes that do add up. But look. If if you get to that final round and you're missing a two pointer, it it's and, all over at that point. Yeah, and Barbarian came into this match I think with like an accuracy rate of like ninety something percent through a couple matches. Uh, right. You know he wins here fifteen to fourteen with an accuracy rate of eighty six percent. Geraldo had sixty three percent, and a lot of that happened because of the last round and and it drops his PPE rate and all that stuff. So um, unfortunate for Alonso Duralde, but you know. Um, it, it, it's a great win for Barbarian. I think he's been trying to get off this little mini, you know, schneid, if you will, um, because he's he was seen as someone that can really should be able to. We've, we've been hearing he can dominate in all three divisions, you know, outside of Star Wars, of course, singles teams and inner geekdom. And I think we found out that he's a more than adequate inner geekdom player, but no one that's I don't think he's striking fear into a lot of players uh, at this point. Um, singles, I think it was a little bit, singles were, is where I was like, he could do some way more damage in singles than he could in inner geekdom. So I was curious to see how he would play here and he played really well. He played really well. Again, you know, he was, um, 12 out of 14 questions, really high accuracy right here. Um, wasn't really tested too much in that final round. He for sure will be against Paul. I I can guarantee you that. Um, 100%. what do you think of this matchup for, for Paul Oyama and Barbarian in the second round? I'm very interested to see. This is a very big testing ground for Barbarian. He's had, like you said, this was not a great year for him in terms of he basically the whole Finstock Exchange wanted to push the rookies so far. He helped get the team together. He's the famous architect behind the dossier. He got all <laughs> right. these rookies in play. Um, so he's been doing a lot of that background stuff, and I kind of think he might have just taken a back seat to that. He hasn't quite found that way to get that rhythm. If he can get rolling again now that he's you know the ig's done for him this year he can just concentrate on singles you can concentrate okay i got my rookies in place let's see what i can do maybe this is the time where he steps up but he's got to do he's gonna have a tough tough opponent in poliana who's hungry he's upset about his losses this year i think he's gonna take the barbarian to the edge and you wanted me out to give you a prediction i know i don't see oyama losing but i do see barbarian having one of those great matches i feel it's going to be one of those times where it's going to be he's going to miss a five or it'll be some kind of really last kind of thing hang on to the end no tko okay no right like that it'll be a tough tough match for paul yeah, come out. and i would not be surprised in the least if this mirrors a barbarian's match that he had against bibiani last year i think it could very easily mirror that and i could still see him on the losing end uh, of yeah. that because i think paul is just that good i think he's that great and he's proven it barbarian 
he's still very young in his singles career, even though it feels like he's been around forever, to tell you the truth. But he's still very young in his singles career, and he hasn't been in every situation yet. He hasn't seen right. everything yet. So in that regard, I definitely give the edge to Paul Oyama, on top of the fact that I think Paul Oyama is just better than Barbarian. Not by a whole lot, because Barbarian's great. He is tremendous. And this match, this matchup, Barbarian Paul Yama, is going to be a ton of fun to watch. It's going to be yeah. insane. And I know Barbarian's salivating at this matchup because Paul Yama is a former champ. He's lights out. He's one of the most well respected players in, in the game today. That is Paul Yama. And uh, I'm, man, I'm looking real, I'm looking yeah. forward to this match a lot. I, I mean, if Barbarian can win, it's a statement making win. It's yeah. A, where his status is in the showdown singles community at this point. Yeah, this so starts to fulfill the you know, the promise of the Barbarian, right. if you will. All right, I want to take a look at the uh, faction stands before we start previewing Friday, th that is tomorrow. And here we go. You see here, the right side of the bracket is all filled out. All round two matchups are good to go. You got James White looking to take on David Del Rio. Ty Lieberman will take on William Bibiani. That would be great. Griffin Newman, Josh Horowitz. That's a round two matchup that's taking place live in Brooklyn, October the 9th. Get your tickets at showdownlive.com. And then Paige Rabetti. Taking on Ben the Boss Bateman. <laughs> that one's going to be real interesting because I think it's known by now that in Paige's promo, like audition promo, she calls out Ben Bateman. So it's all coming full circle here. She's going to get her shot at, at the former singles champ. On the left side, we do know that we have Damrell taking on Lon Harris in round two. That one's going to be great. I cannot wait to watch that. A lot of people are, are out there anticipating because it's an old screen junkie type of matchup, right? Yep. You have uh, Janine. Waiting the winner of Paul Walter Hauser and Mike Kalinowski. I said it last week. I'm rooting for Mike now uh, in this matchup because I want to see Mike and Janine play. I think. Did we... you just say you weren't going to root for Mike? Did you just say he makes it fun to root against? Now you changed your tune. <laughs> you see what he does to me, Paul? You see what he does to me? I uh, do. I see it. God. That's what I'm hearing. I'm saying the same uh, thing. I, you know, like, but, but I'm rooting for him to then so that I can root for him to lose. You see? So it's. <laughs> Okay. Ex post facto, okay. is that how that works? I don't know. I don't know. I use that right. <laughs> Shit. Um, all right. And then, I'll as we it. talked about, Paul Yama Barbarian. And then Adam Collins, uh, he awaits for his second round matchup after tomorrow, which let's preview real quick here. Brendan Meyer, Jacoby Bancroft. When I saw this matchup uh, that was going to be a round one matchup, I was like, oof, tough draw. That is a tough draw for oof. both of these guys. Brendan Meyer, you know, he is a team's champion. Currently, Jacoby Bancroft. Uh, highly respected rookie, great knowledge. Um, this will be interesting. Right now, um, Brendan Meyer has a career accuracy rate of 82%. Jacoby Bancroft, two matches in, but 93% accuracy rate. So this will be no slouch, uh, no easy task for either player. And um, I think we're going to see some something special here in this match um, in terms of because it takes place in the – it's a cantina match, and, and that's yep. going to be great. Oh, I'm so excited about getting these matches. The Cantina matches have been ex exemplary. Like we get to watch these things, get the energy comes back, and that's just like it's looking forward to like the live events coming in the future. Uh, time to get out of the digital era. Let's get back to these live and studio matches. The energy just cannot be replaced. Um, but this one particularly, I was very excited about seeing this one in round one as well. I mean, for exactly the reasons you say. And I do feel it's kind of like this reverse lock match for Meyer. Like I feel Meyer's got to be favored. He's the vet. Jacoby Bancroft's the rookie. Yeah. I kind of feel like Meyer doesn't always have the greatest singles runs in him as far as like tournaments go. I feel like Bancroft is being countered out. I just kind of feel like Bancroft has the opportunity here to make a statement of how uh, how much of a great rookie 
Uh, he's played yeah. very well so far in both his matches in a loss and a win, and and with uh, with Nick Harley and Chaos Theory. Yeah, I think yeah. he's here to stay. I think this could be an interesting, very very interesting match. Hundred percent. And you know what? Um, I remember talking to Brendan uh, in the lead up to this match, and he's like, "Look, I get to walk in with the belt, the team's belt on my shoulder." And win, lose, or draw, I get to walk out of that with the team's belt on my shoulder. So I think <laughs> there fair. is, I mean, like, that could, you know, I think that has a psychological effect when you get into these high-pressure situations because, you know, we talk about expectations that these players have. You know, you should win this match, Brendan, because right. of what you've done in the league so far. You should win this match. And you have to go into these matches now with these expectations because you've built up a history. And that can weigh on players, and it's and it's interesting to see how it affects them negatively, positively. Um, but you know, everyone's going to get a chance to see how it all affects him and, and Jacoby as well. I mean, because he's kind of playing with house money. He's like, <laughs> I'm not expected to win this. I'm expected to play well. I think everyone's expecting Jacoby to play well, for sure. But not that necessarily might be a victory win enough for match. Him. Yeah, that might be a victory enough for him. He plays well, keeps in the game, and gets red run for his money. Right. He comes out looking like, hey, he had a great, he had a good first year. Let's see what he can Right, right. Of course, the reward for this match is going to face Adam Collins, but a reward that is. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. All right, let's talk about the big one. It yep. is Ethan Irwin defending against Marisol McKee. Uh, he's set to oh. defend against Marisol McKee. And there's history on the line in terms of will Marisol McKee become the first woman to hold the singles championship obviously and we've had previous uh women's champion obviously mark hanopic she's she repeated as an intergeekdom champion earlier this yeah. year um you have clark wolf and and rachel cushing with the team's championship and rachel cushing with the intergeekdom championship as well marisol is trying to add her name to that list of mark hanopic rachel cushing clark wolf marisol mckee i mean that's that's quite a crowd. I mean, man. Um, if Again, if you're in the live chat, there is that poll. Does Marisol McKee become the first woman to hold the singles championship Friday? Vote now. And in a little bit, we're gonna I'm going to reveal those results, not necessarily to you watching, because uh, you're probably watching the poll, but to those audio listeners, I'll tell you the, the, the results of that poll. But, <laughs> Paul, oh. I mean, you, you got to be – I'm very excited for this matchup. Um, I'm excited for the prospect of seeing the first – a uh, woman hold the singles belt. I think that would be an incredible historic moment for the Schmodown. Uh, a great achievement all in itself for Marisol to, to accomplish that. And um, it's something that I want. To, I'm always a fan of wanting to see things that have never happened. Yes. No matter who is playing, you know. And and unfortunately, Ethan Irwin in this scenario would be on the opposite end of that for me. You know, I want to see history being made. Um, which means Ethan Irwin has to lose in order for that to happen. I love Ethan Irwin. He's been playing lights out. He gives me tremendous pause in terms of whether or not Marisol can do that. Um, before I get your thoughts, we got Tim Sim here with another super chat. Was that? Am I getting better or worse? I don't know. I think so. I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, X Factor is no doubt the buzzers. This is Tim Sim with the Super Chat. And there's a lot of excitement of Marisol becoming the first woman to win the singles title. Yeah, the buzzer's definitely going to be a factor. It, it will always be a factor. Uh, Marisol, I don't think, has any experience with those buzzers in a so. game-time situation. Whether or not she's got her hands on them for practice-wise, um, I don't know. I would like to think so, maybe, perhaps, even right. a little bit. Uh, Ethan Irwin, he's had some time with the buzzer's. 
he had a pretty good uh, time against Dan Merle. And, and, you know, it wasn't his first rodeo with those buzzers either. Sure, for sure, in a long time after, you know, he had played Ethan once before and dethroned Roca. So um, he's had opportunities with, with those buzzers. Uh, it will be interesting to see how that goes back and forth. If it goes back and forth, you know, is it is it uh, a four one swing? Is it three two? Is it two two? Is it someone not answering? Maybe they only get one point between both of them. It would be who knows what kind of questions PG and the writing team are going to throw in those speed round uh, questions. You know, five questions speed round. It's it's cantina match. It's that live atmosphere. PLD, got to ask you, who are you going with here? I knew this whole show you were, were going to ask me this. I'm trying to go back and forth in my mind. <laughs> it's tough. It is so tough. I love Ethan Irwin. I think he is powerful. He is he's a force to be reckoned with. But in sports, and this like in sports, and there comes a time where just things seem to be written in stone, like in destiny. It feels yeah. like the storyline has been written, and I feel like that Marisol has climbed aboard that destiny train. I I think she sneaks by. Um, definitively sneaks by. I don't mean sneak by like she does everything wrong. I like guess she just she ends up getting that yeah. final point, beating Ethan. I think we're gonna see her chance to watch Battle Royale in New York. I think. Yeah, jeez. Oh, Give me five more seconds. I'll change my mind though. So. <laughs> and you know, it's it's the thing about the five pointers. Yeah, I think it's gonna come down to the five pointer, but it's who's in position to win it if you hit it. It's right. because I both players can definitely hit five pointers, right? It's about who's in the position that if they hit it, they win it. And uh, that's really what I think is going to ultimately come down to. Um, man, I am betting looking for Yeah. That's something we don't mention. That's, that's, that round always seems to be a big swing. Yeah. That, that betting round always is like one person makes it, one person misses it. It's who's more aggressive, who's conservative with those, you know, those, those, that, those wagers. It will be interesting to see um, what Ethan does in that as defending, you know, and, and what Marisol does as trying to go after it. Uh, all right, before we wrap up here, I want to just, you know, I got the faction standings here. So let's take a quick look at how this all looks. Dungeon with oh. 62 points, Quirky Mercs 56, Corruption right there, 55 points. If wow. Marisol wins tomorrow, that 55 becomes a 62. And, oh. and <laughs> it's a whole new ball game. Um, with the dungeon, the corruption, the mercs, the suspects, the exchange, not quite out of it, but they need deep singles runs. They need a team run, um, possibly gold leader in that Star Wars tournament. Let's see. What he, so, I mean, the exchange, while they're at 49 points, they, they have opportunities ahead of them, just like the suspects, corruption, yep. the mercs, and the dungeon. So it's going to be a crazy uh, finish. And I don't know that the den can really do anything at this point besides play spoiler. But I mean, they have forty-one yeah. points. They have forty-one points, and crazier things have happened. But I don't know if anything that crazy is actually going to come to fruition. We'll have to wait and see. But um, all right, Paul, let's. Uh, I think we're gonna wrap up here. And um, before we, before we do, I got I do got a question for you. Okay. And um, I'm curious. And these are the only two options. I need to know: Whew. Are you a a Nike guy or an Adidas guy? If you had to choose between. You know those. Um, They're killing me because I have to say I'm a Converse guy because I wore I wore Converse to my wedding. So we our wedding party wore Converse. So putting that aside, I'm old school and go Adidas. Okay. All right. I'm never a big Nike guy. I'm, I'm more of a Nike guy. I don't know why. I just I just like the swoosh, 
and and they tell you to do things like just do it so you like so, being told to do is what you're trying to say but i don't like the way you i don't like the way you said it and i don't like the tone you used so well i guess uh, you have no you can do then just do it what i don't <laughs> all right that this has been the uh the Shmodown rundown pld thanks for hopping on here filling in for brad and oh by the way we will have a live show post battlefield match uh tomorrow night that is between ethan Irwin and marathon p will be here tomorrow night after that and i'm told we'll be here with the champion whoever that may be so if you want to get the initial thoughts from whoever is uh the champion at that point come back here tomorrow night i think around like 6 15 ish uh, at pacific time that is uh, whatever that time zone relates to you um but yeah come back here and we're going to talk to the champ about that match and uh, get all their thoughts and the breakdown and uh, until then this has been the showdown rundown we will see you on the next one